Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. If you watched the FS1 broadcast last night, uh, you watched one of my favorite broadcasters, Petros Papadakis, was on the call, Utah, Washington State. I wrote about this earlier today. It was a big fiasco at the beginning of the game. Cam Rising, we all expected him to go onto the field. So did the broadcast crew. Here to talk about it is Petros. Uh, give me an idea. Take us through real time. Let's just go back to that moment when kickoff happens and you're, you know, you're settling in to call this game. <laughs> uh, well, it was an adventure, you know, and, and we're not uh, uh, foreign to adventures. I mean, we see this kind of stuff. Uh, we have the crazy transfer portal and teams that are really in peril, like Colorado State, Nevada, where you have to identify you know, a Will Backer or something like that that you didn't know was going to start and they didn't tell you. So that kind of stuff happens all the time. But a game of this magnitude and a player of that magnitude with no indication that he wasn't going to start the game, who went through all the warm-ups. In fact, one of our open elements was him warming up for the game. And then suddenly, uh, when it's time to run the quarterback out, you know, we do this big thing where you run the quarterback out, they run the first play, and then you get to the lineups if something big doesn't happen. That's kind of the procedural way that we start off a drive in a college football game. Uh, Cam Rising wasn't out there. And our director's freaking out looking for Cam Rising. And suddenly he's in a yellow vest and on the sideline with a headset on. And never before has, has that happened where – we just had zero indication. So once we got Bryson Barnes identified, which was quite quickly, and got to start telling his story of, of his very first start and uh, kind of sort of tried to piece together what was going on, uh, we got up and running at a broadcast as a broadcast. But I think you could tell kind of our palpable shock uh, in the moment when, when, uh, when Cam didn't take the field. Yeah, I know. I texted you. Your phone had to be blowing up with people going, oh, what the hell's going on? I didn't know Phil Savage had my number. <laughs> so so help, let's take a step back because I think the average listener, maybe there's a public yeah, service in this. Yeah, there's a public service in this. All right. So there's a difference. Like, I don't expect if I'm covering Utah for Utah to tell me a damn thing because there's no advantage for them to have it out there. Like, they won't. They don't want Washington State to know who's starting at quarterback. But what's the difference in your mind between what I'm doing covering a game and what you're doing on a broadcast? Well, I mean, what we're doing a broadcast is we're basically showcasing and celebrating the event. You know, things I say on the radio are not things I would ever say on a broadcast. Things you say on television in a studio setting are not the same things you would say in a broadcast. You're basically in partnership with the conference and the teams to try to help put on a show. Now, as an analyst, I'm honest, and I say if I don't like something, but you always kind of have a celebratory tone, and I always have. That's been my style. And in college football, you know, there's a fine line between the entitlement of a broadcaster and what the schools should or 
have to tell you. But in my experience, you know, we've had these meetings for years and years. We pay for exclusive rights meetings to where the director, the producer, the play-by-play, and the color guy, which is me, and sometimes the assistant director, all jump on a call with the head coach, the OC, and the defensive coordinator, and sometimes players. And some coaches are different. They won't let their coordinators talk, and they do all the talking uh, Troy Calhoun is that way. And some programs just play it really close to the vest. But as far as the starting quarterback like Cam Rising, I, usually if something that dramatic is going to happen, even if we didn't get the heads up in the meeting, which, you know, is kind of like you wasted your time in the meeting. Yeah. But, okay, but even if you didn't get the heads up in the meeting, you should get a call from the sports information director, basically the PR department. Uh, before the game, just so we can run out the right kid with the right graphics and the right celebration and get that moment right for that young man in this moment in Utah football history with a new starter coming out. And none of that happened uh, in this this sequence. So it it was kind of a scramble to get it figured out. But I can't say it didn't add to the intrigue of the game. It certainly did. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I thought you guys handled it well. I, uh, you know, we've all... Uh, even, you know, in the course of a radio show, we're always dealing with, um, you know, uh, the unexpected, right? Uh, and But but what you don't expect is not to see Cam rising there. And and give us an idea. Let's go back to those meetings you have. So, you know, the game's on a Thursday. Are you having, you're having this meeting on a Wednesday, is that right? Uh, we met, and they were, uh, we did a Zoom, and they were in the hotel already. And look, that's a tough trip. We all know about it. And we all know if you can't get a hotel in Pullman or Moscow, you have to stay in Lewiston, so you're extra pissed off. So they were, you know, an hour and a half or whatever from campus in a hotel, and they were trying to get to their coaches' meetings, and we had an hour. And But we talked to everybody. I mean, I've met with Kyle Whittingham, I don't know, 40 times <laughs> in the last 20 years or something ridiculous like that. And he's great, and I have a great deal of respect for him and his program. And I hope it always comes across on our broadcast that I do. Uh, but they just decided to keep us in the dark on this one, whether it was intentional or not. And it, it led to a wild beginning of the game. All right. So after the game, reporters uh, asked Whittingham about it. He says, you know, Cam warmed up. Cam couldn't go. Uh, if he can't go, he can't go. In the backup, uh, Barnes also said, hey, I learned in the pregame customarily what would happen there is, is that just somebody on the staff you know maybe the maybe the uh, operations guy going hey SID let the broadcast crew know rising's not playing or how does that happen well normally in my experience like the SID would call the truck or you know a lot of the time since I'm really involved in a lot of this stuff they call me and we get the information out like that you know we have all kinds of ways of getting information there's local people you know like that's the one thing we love about football, right? It's not streamlined. Right. College football, nothing is. And injuries is part of it. And if you want things streamlined, you probably don't like college football. So, you know, I'm not I'm not fit to throw a temper tantrum about right. this because we always have, you know, variables and crazy stuff. But the protocol would be, yeah, to, to let the broadcast know. Not, not so we can tell company secrets or leak out information, simply so we can get it right for the moment. And that just didn't happen this time. And for me, I, I you know, I I want to – there are play-by-play guy who's new to our package and 
all of these things. And, you know, when you start out a game like that, it's it's pretty wild. But but like you said, I hope uh, we recovered ourselves up got to the action. And I thought Bryson did a great job in a tough uh, battle. Yeah, I think uh, I think you guys did. And, you know, I, I, I always I always like watching you and listening to you because I feel like you're real. Right. And you say like if you see something you don't like, you'll say it. And I could tell when you said you said you gave this this quote during this during the broadcast you said they they didn't keep it close to the vest they kept it under their skin and i could tell that petros was a little miffed but you were biting you were being professional and you were just basically going you know hey we learned when you learned it doesn't just happen i mean maybe it does and perhaps i'm naive maybe it's been too long since i've been actually looking through a face mask but i've there had to be some indication that he was not feeling great and that there was a possibility that he was not going to start. And if you don't tell us that in the meeting, then we need to know it before the game just so we can get the camera on the right kid. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, that's really just the bottom line. Uh, I mean, I don't care about all the research that goes into it and all that stuff. I mean, it's college football. The game starts and half of it goes out the window right. for the players, the coaches, and the broadcasters and the writers. And and so that's all understandable. This was just you know I've done this for a long time. Yeah, and, uh, that was a, that was a first, Did, you know. And I've been in conference. I've been in conference USA for a couple of years at the bottom. You know, you don't know who's playing, but uh, you usually know the starting quarterback. Are there coaches, uh, maybe some notorious coaches, who will intentionally wait? Because you know a lot of these coaches, Petros, they try to they try to act like they got a state secret. You know, yeah, Gundy, Gundy's that way. Really. And he had a, you know, I mean, that, and that's notorious. Everybody knows that. And he's got a great sports information guy who is a really good kind of mediator and go-between. And I, I'll never forget, you know, Spencer Sanders is playing great football. He's at a high level, and he's been playing there a long time. His very first sport ever, if you remember, it was against Oregon State at uh, Corvallis. And maybe two minutes before kick, Gavin, the SID, came into the booth and was like, hey, it's going to be Spencer Sanders, guys. Thank you for bearing with us. Sorry that it had to be this way. That's how Coach wanted it. You know, and we go down and we tell the truck, hey, it's Spencer Sanders. We fawn him. We get him. We get him on a run out. There's Spencer Sanders' very first start at Oklahoma State, one of their best quarterbacks ever. And we were able to document it correctly because that guy told us right before the the kick, even though they wanted to keep it close to the vest. So, so even with somebody who's notoriously difficult, like Mike Gundy, I don't think anybody would argue that. Uh, and I like Mike. I, I like his teams. Uh, even with that, uh, we still would get the heads up back in the day. So, I mean, maybe that's, does that answer your question? Yeah, right? it does. And it, so, what do you think? What do you think was going on here? Do you think they just didn't want Washington State to know? And they weren't thinking at all about the broadcast, and and they just went about football business, you know. And I'm wondering, you know, have they reached out and have they apologized? No, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, the the SID did, and I mean, the coaches have bigger fish to fry. These guys, not to sound like Harbaugh, but these guys, uh, they stay up all night, you know, yeah. uh, worried about whether the phone's going to ring if one of their, you know, a hundred kids are in trouble, or one of their family members, or one of their uh, coaches or the, the staff's family members. I mean, these guys have a great deal of responsibility, and I don't take that for granted. And I don't take the access to the coaches for granted either. But, yeah, I, I, I you know, at best I think it was just a miscommunication. 
and a mistake that happened. And the only reason it's interesting to talk about the next day is because procedurally, I think it's interesting for some people to understand how some of this stuff works. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by, you know, we're learning how the sausage is made in television right now. Uh, <laughs> Petros Papadakis, FS1, is with us. Uh, hey, take a look at the conference for us. You've seen some of these teams, most of these teams. You know them a little bit. Uh, what do you, what do you, who do you think is going to go to Vegas? Who, who are the best two teams in, in, you know, down the stretch here? Man, I tell you, the biggest mystery going into the year was Oregon, right? And they look like Oregon. And I talked to Mike Aliotti about this. I talked to some of the UCLA coaches about it, and I'm just really impressed. I did the Oregon Stanford game uh, with a lot of help from you. And I, I just uh, I enjoyed watching them. They attack, attack, attack. Uh, I love the running back, uh, all four of them really. But I love Bucky Irving. I, I just absolutely love the balance that he has and how he takes it personally. That the first guy is not going to get him down, and that's a real thing. And Bo Nix has been great. I think that first game uh, against Stanford is really where he started to exploit, you know, his legs. And it added just an almost undefendable element to this offense. So love what Oregon's doing. And it's hard to say they're not the best going right now. I think Washington is, you know, lurking around because they have a great offense, you know. And a lot of these just going to be in a score fest like Oregon and UCLA were. I think UCLA is still dangerous. USC is still dangerous. Uh, Utah beat themselves to pieces there. You know, I mean, Rising's obviously beat up. Dalton Kincaid went out last night. Keithy's out for the season. They're having some serious issues with their running backs. Two of them weren't even on the trip. And that wasn't easy to extract that information either. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure if Utah's going to be able to finish the way they wanted to. But Oregon State is a really good team, you know, looming out there. And Trent Bray is just doing an amazing job coordinating defense and i love jonathan smith's play calling so it's a real it's a toss-up but i think right now if you'd ask me you know maybe they need to improve a tick on defense but you could say that about usc and ucla too but i think oregon's in the driver's seat all right so on the half uh, halftime show last night i'm going to play this clip for you is emmanuel Ako said that he can't get that oregon georgia game out of his mind i'm gonna try to play this for you here I remember watching that 49 to 3 beatdown. Mm. I don't care when it was, I don't care who it was against. If you lose by seven touchdowns, mm. seven touchdowns, it's hard to get over that. I don't care how long it's been. Whereas if USC were to run the table, that assumes they beat UCLA, uh, that assumes they would beat Oregon. I actually, I'm with Coach, uh, all the way up until the last game, I think USC would need to be the program. Okay. Because. He's saying basically the committee won't be able to get by Oregon's loss. Where do you stand on that, that first impression? Well, I, you know, I mean, th th that's what those guys do, though, right? I mean, they sit there and argue about the playoffs, you know, before <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. And, you know, it's their job. That's what they're asked to do. Yeah. Uh, I find that work you know, just very tedious. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, you know, because there's always a what about isn't involved and what about this and what about that and what if this happens and you just end up, you're just killing time. Right. Which is, I guess, what we're doing right now. Right. <laughs> but, uh, 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 I, I mean, what he says sounds very feasible. I mean, if USC runs the table and then beats Oregon, sure, they'd have a chance, but it's going to be an uphill climb for anybody in the conference because we don't have any undefeated teams, and we all know that. 
Uh, we all knew that back in August. So saying it now is not some kind of revelation. I don't really know uh, if the first game, like to me, and, and Emmanuel knows, he's yeah. a football man. And, you know, to me, the first game is your your identity is not even intact. Yeah. You know, you have 30-year-old 30-year-old coordinators, you know, you're you're brand new. You're brand new to the place. You're in a hostile environment. Yeah, they got beat. And, yeah, it probably will come back to bite them at the end of things if they do run the table. And it's hard to imagine that in our modern Pac-12, anybody really doing that down the stretch in October and November. We haven't seen it in a while. So, I mean, I mean, I think Oregon's great. Uh, I, uh, You know, I didn't watch that game. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I was, like, deep in the Mountain West that day. But, you know, but, uh, but uh, I mean, they they just sit there. They all just sit there and pick and choose different games and make an example out of them. And I guess that's what they do in the committee meetings, too. But uh, I, I think Oregon's a great team. I think they'd represent the conference well. And that is dependent on if they continue to grow. I think their defense needs to make some steps here yeah. if we're going to have that conversation at all. Yeah, I love that. All right, uh, I'm going to cut you loose. I'll come on your show anytime. I appreciate you and uh, – do you know who I you? I was ha- thinking about yeah. today, but I got a, uh, I got Don McClain in to do basketball. So let's okay. do next week. Next week, uh, whatever you need, man. I appreciate you. And what, what games do you have next week? You got? Do you know yet, or is that well, to be determined? I have a, well, I have a game tomorrow. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I have the battle for the old oil can now. Come on, uh, Fresno hosting San Diego State. Ooh. And yeah, we might have another quarterback mystery. Maybe Jake Hander will just run out there with a cape on for <laughs> Halloween and rip it off. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And then on, uh, and then I I only have one game next week, and that would be uh, BYU hmm. at uh, at Boise. Last time I did that one, the governor of uh, Utah attacked me on Twitter. So oh, great! It's always fun. <laughs> Let's go, Petros Papadakis. Follow him on Twitter uh, at the old P Petros. Thank you. Thank you, John. There you go. That's why you come to this show. We go behind the scenes. Uh, I want to know how, does that upset you? Uh, you know, what, what Utah did, if your team did that, is, it, is, that by, is that playing outside the rules? Or is that just competition? Sounds to me like Utah probably was more worried about Washington State and just forgot about the broadcast. But I don't blame FS1. I don't blame Petros if they're disappointed with that. I want you to leave it here. I'll take your phone calls on that subject. Did Utah break a rule. Did they do something they shouldn't have done by not letting the FS1 broadcast? Or is it so minor in your mind that you go, eh, who cares, first world problem? I think there's a fine line between entitlement and, you know, what we're talking about here. You've got the home of the truth. The phone number is 503-417-7575. I'll take your phone calls. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.